Previously on the Damage Guild podcast. Ribbonend will be taking those applications now, please. Right away. So we fill them out and give them back to Rib. You make your way over to the Salted Slug. Blackblade sitting at her usual spot at the corner table. 100 gold to inform you of the next cult meeting. We will find you wherever you may be when everything is ready. The last time we saw Blackblade, I asked her to do some reconnaissance. Felmendar's traveling show has been performing across three countries. So he took your girl? He took your job? He took my show. Nelia is acting as Felmendar's assistant, and they seem to be engaged to be wed. I feel like I really just want to train. So you're saying we're gonna do push-ups? You reached level five. Yeah! Eldrak comes up to you and says, I received your application, and I think I've picked out just the right job for the three of you to take on. So what do you got for us, old Dracky Drac? I mean, Drakey Drake? A little bit of drinky drinky. <laughs> well, this one seems to be well-suited to some group like you. It's probably not too tough as far as the, uh, the iron level missions go. Hmm, well, not too tough as our bread and butter, as it happens. But <laughs> it's likely going to be more difficult than some of the things you've tried in the past, so... Uh-oh. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Mm, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> that makes me nervous. Can we just keep doing bronze level quests, please? <laughs> yeah, we, we rescind our desire to upgrade. Uh, no, no, let's let's try it out. Let's what what have we got to lose, right? Only our dignity, our honor, our station within the guild, our lives, Shava. And our what lives. about our lives? Yes. Like I want to live. Lives also. I don't know how you feel about I all left this. Left that part out. No, you're right. I'm not ready to give my life for the guild just yet. <laughs> just yet. Right. Well, uh, it turns out there's been some reports of magic items going missing, and it looks like the most likely culprit here is some type of beholder kin. What? what? Signs point to it being one of the lesser beholders, but it's uh, somewhere up in Mycroth's Tower, which is an old wizard's tower, long abandoned, but awesome. not too far away from town here. Dude, there's a track called Wizard's Tower on Tabletop Audio that I've been wanting to use for a really long time. <laughs> so that's great. Well, there you go. I don't know. It doesn't seem like quite the right setting for yeah, it. Yeah, not really the right fit. You're right. I should I should keep that in the hopper. Not quite enough. It'll happen eventually. I mean, you were saving that for the Towers of Arconomica, weren't you? Mm, that's true. That's unfortunate. Maybe this tower is one of the Towers of Arconomica, and they just don't <laughs> know it yet. <laughs> Maybe it's undiscovered. You don't know until you dig down below the foundation and find the ancient runes marking it as one of the legendary towers of Arconomica. Yep, and we, we find that it's actually made of elephant tusks, like we like start picking at the paint and underneath the paint. <laughs> There's a cavity. Wait a second. <laughs> Elephants don't eat sugar. <laughs> uh, Mycroft's tower is half a day's travel, at least if you're riding on horses, I assume. We're riding on something. Head half a day north along the coastline, and you'll hit the tower. It stands out. You'll find it. No problem. It's been well cleared out in the past, so I don't expect there's a whole lot of treasure or traps left there. At least, there shouldn't be anything too serious. I There could be some minor traps still left. Uh-oh. Keep an eye out for those. And your mission is to take out that beholder kin. Where is it stealing the magic items from? 
all around the vicinity. Apparently this sort needs to steal magic items and consume their energy somehow in order to stay on this plane. Oh, wow. If you're lucky, maybe it'll have some there in its stash that it hasn't eaten yet, but I wouldn't count on finding too much. That would be lucky. The Drake, you do realize that we are bronze-level members, right? What makes you think that we can possibly handle a beholder kin? This is about the level of an iron member. That's fair. It'll be rough for you, I think, but Mm. if you can't handle it, then come back home and try again later. And pay you more money. Yeah, well, that's the price of doing business in the guild, I suppose. All right, the Drake, we'll give it our best Bard's College try, which is to say... We'll try as hard as we can and probably fail. Right, Aslo? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I thought that the way that Bard's College worked is barely pull off the bare minimums. 2.0 GPA. Exactly. We'll give it our hardest try and probably fail. (laughs) Just slide by just by the skin of your teeth and barely make it off the graduation stage crawling on your hands and knees. So a better question for you, Mr. Drake. Why didn't you tell us about this wizard's tower full of magic items earlier? That's what I want to know, because this sounds awesome. It's an old adventuring site. It's been cleared out long ago. Ah, yeah. If there's anything in there now, it's just because that creature brought in its own things. Oh, Mm. I see. So it's kind of like metal detecting on Manassas Battlefield. Like, it's just... (laughs) it's You're not going to really turn anything up, because it's been done many, many times. Uh, Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, the Drake, I think we'll be off. Actually... Guys, can we make a quick stop to talk to one of our good buddies real quick before we leave on this quest? Yeah, sure. Why not? All right. We search the city for the two lion statues, because I forgot where the library is. We go in and talk to Conan. We're like, Conan, we're going to need your best history check on Beholder Kin, because we don't know anything about them or how to fight them. All right. uh, I'll help you out here. I can direct you to the right area of the library for such things. Very good. This is an important question. It's important that we don't make fools of ourselves, or else the, we'll be the laughing stock of the whole guild. We'll just have to join a different guild, Shaba. <laughs> but there are no <laughs> other adventuring guilds, Togus. Well, I'm saying we'll have to leave town. Hey, Aslo, are there any adventuring guilds in Marengar? Mm, not that I know of. Dang it. We'll be so made fun of we'll have to leave town, Shaba. That's what I'm saying. Uh, and find a different guild, or change our names, put bags over our heads. <laughs> it will be almost like fate is pointing us in the direction of Marengar. Mm. Not that I want us to fail this mission, but it would be an interesting twist of fate if we failed this mission because that's like minus so much gold, A. Mm. <laughs> we won't be able to just do it again immediately. And B, it'll just be so demoralizing. Like, I think I think we just become criminals at that point. Everyone will think we're <laughs> chumps. Basically. Because we will be. We'll join the dark side and try to steal our money back from the guild. Without a thief in the party. That'll work out well. Well, we, we draw up a contract with Black Blade or something. Mm. I like the way Dark Tokus is thinking. Not really. I am listening to my shadow side right now, aren't I? I need, I need to get out of my head, Shaba. Let's think about something else. I smack you. Tokus, shake it off. Shake it off. The crystal is controlling you again. <laughs> Melwin guides you through the library and brings you to a section that seems devoted to all sorts of beasts and monsters and magic and such like that. Ooh, I hate beasts. They're my favorite enemy. <laughs> 
Can you tell us more about this section of the library? Is there like a like a bearskin rug and like, <laughs> like heads animals, on the walls, like stuff? Yeah, heads on the walls. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the books are devoted to those sorts of topics. The uh, library itself is not decorated that nicely. Just the library. Well, it's nicely arranged and has some fancy woodwork here and there, but. It's not like it's themed to every section. But so, okay, I was going to say, because this section, like, all the books could have, like, animal skin uh, covers and... It's not like the den of a legendary hunter. So you're telling me the children's section doesn't have, like, murals painted on the wall and little, like, beanbag chairs to sit (laughs) on and stuff? That's really disappointing. They don't really have children's books. Children don't read, Aslo. Oh, man. Dude, they don't have children's books? What kind of place is this? (laughs) That's terrible. Did children read during this era? Nobody reads in medieval society. Actually, reading wasn't nearly as uncommon as people think. You could expect one person per family, at least, to be able to read. Hmm. 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 It's just that their concept of literacy wasn't the same as ours, because it's either you can read and write phonetically to get by, because there is no standard spelling, or to be quote-unquote literate, you are fluent in Latin, because that's what everything was written in. Oh, right. That's true. Hmm. So it's almost like being bilingual, in a sense. Right. Huh. So their literacy measures are a bit off. And this is recent research that seems to be bringing this more and more to light. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway. For more factoids like this, join Thane in his history <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I just follow lots of really interesting history-related channels on YouTube. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like me. I, I follow lots of interesting skateboard-related channels on YouTube as well. <laughs> They're basically the same thing. Yeah. So Melvin says, I don't know precisely what books in here might have what you're looking for, but if you would like, you can feel free to search around, see what you can find. All right. How about each of you can make an investigation check, and we'll see if you can turn up useful information. All right. Sounds like you, Tuckus. Mm-hmm. All right. That's a 16. Ooh, I got a splorteen, which is also known as a 14. 14 and 16, you said? Yeah. Not as good as those. (laughs) Okay. You do find a book that addresses the subject, and based on what Eldrax told you, you think that this particular Beholderkin is known as a goth. Goth? G-A-U-T-H. Does it walk Uh, around with white face paint and black nails? Not as far as you can find out. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a type of lesser Beholder that... Much like its stronger kin, it has the central eye and eye stalks, each one with some sort of magical capability. Uh Hmm. The large central eye has the power to cause anyone it looks at to freeze in place Uh as long as it's looking at them. Wow. And when one of these things dies, it can sometimes trigger some sort of magical reaction that is dangerous to be near due to all of the magic items that they consume. Boy, oh boy. Dang. (sighs) This does not sound like fun. No. So it's not like a basilisk that which needs to make eye contact with you. It just all it has to do is look at you and it doesn't matter where you're looking. Yes, you do have to actually meet its gaze gaze. in order for this effect to happen. And it doesn't turn you to stone like a basilisk does. Just freezes you in place. Mm Mm-hmm. Huh, okay. Well, at least we know that going in. That would be better than being surprised by that fact. All right, so those are the takeaways. Explodes when it dies, some type of magical explosion, and if it looks at you, it can freeze you cold. So how do we fight it without looking at it? 
take disadvantage on all our attack rolls. <laughs> that is the mechanical explanation. Tokas, you love mechanics. I, I do. You are, you are a mechanic after all. Yeah. So how does that mechanically work? What if you were to build a contraption with a series of mirrors in it that would allow you to look at it but not directly? You could call it like a periscope. <laughs> wow! How did that's you? A how did, that's idea. a great. Yeah, that's a great name How'd idea. How did you come up with that? Your eyes would be not looking at it, but you could still see it. Couldn't Stripey run point guard for us? He could. He can. Stripey can always run point guard for us. That doesn't mean that he will necessarily. Well, no, he could tell you, Shaba, shoot this way. Oh uh, yeah, but I don't know that that would convey the necessary information to counteract those penalties. Mm. Stripey does have 35 hit points now, though, so... If only we had some sorts of abilities or spells that we didn't have to aim. Like blind fighting? Mm. Or magic missile? Yeah. Or spells that we just have to get in the right area-ish that have a cubic size. Yeah. Weird. Do you have anything like that, Tokus? Nope. I got nothing. (laughs) But I know somebody who does. Do you? Who's really? that? Uh, that that be you. Oh, hey, look at that. I can do stuff like that. Uh, keep in mind, when it comes to licking our wounds after we're done with this fight, I now have the spell Lesser Restoration, which can restore the blinded, deafened, paralyzed, or poisoned conditions. So in, in the event that one of those conditions happens, I can get us back. Nice. Well, are we paralyzed by fear, or are we the literal condition of paralysis? That's a good question. I do not know if the book says that. Or is it just so ugly that we can't look away (laughs) from it? Yeah, another question in that regard is, okay, first of all, I want to know how many eye stalks it has, because if each one has a different power, that's frightening. And secondly, does it have to maintain that gaze? Like, can it only freeze one of us at a time, or can it freeze all of us? Like, can it just freeze one and then go to the next one and then go to the next one and just freeze all all four of us in place? I think you said it's as long as it maintains its gaze with you. Okay. You're pouring over this book trying to find every detail about it that you can, and you do come up with six eye stocks. Six, good night. Which do different things. <laughs> oh my god. And it seems to be able to handle multiple targets in some way or other. You're not sure if it's the stunning freezing power specifically that it's referring to, but it's well capable of attacking multiple people at once. Whew. Six eyes versus only four of us. I don't like those odds. <laughs> Wait a minute. Aslo, we might have the perfect solution. That same spell you talked about last time? Nope. I think we're done here. Thank you, Malwin. Oh, he already left. You're oh, reading well, these on your own. <laughs> Let's uh, go to the front and thank Malwin and leave. Let's do that. Is your idea a mirror shield? No, but that'd be really cool. <laughs> Trust me, Aslo, for once. Let's go outside. I have something I want to talk about. All right, let's do it. Thanks, Malin. Peace. Thanks again. Thanks, Malin. Appreciate it. Sure thing. Nice of you to drop by. Yeah, shoulder of the Ramlord and all that. Cheerio. We step outside. Aslo, we need to find a way to fight in the dark. Like, as if with dark vision? No, with the Shadow Stone. Uh, Okay, I see what you mean. So we make darkness and then find a way to fight in the dark. Yes. Hmm. Wouldn't that be the same thing as blindfolding ourselves? No, it wouldn't, because then it wouldn't be able to see. It can't see us. And we have to move, like, like my idea is, all right, just, just use the stone and we'll practice. Maybe not in the middle of town. Maybe we should get out of the town. <laughs> Let's practice running into each other. 
hey, guys, why don't we come up with a system wherein we can alert each other while we're in the darkness? I'm, I really like this idea. I like the, the way, the direction you're going, Tokus, because it being able to see us seems just as important as us not being able to see it. So what if we were tethered uh, together, like we had a, a center person and then two side people? And we did the whole rope around the waist thing. We wouldn't be able to, to like, go very far apart from each other. But if we were at least able to feel where each other was, like, either pulling or coming closer, we could have some idea of where hmm. where we were. Well, we might have to fight on different senses than our eyes, is what I'm getting at. Right. So, like, feel, like, touch would be... What other, what other senses do we have? We have stripey smell-o-vision. Mm-hmm. So that's one sense. We have our smells. Our smells aren't as good. Hmm. What if, though, what if there's some kind of potion we could take that gave us, like, well, I guess tremor sense wouldn't work, because I think beholders float. So, like, what if we had, like, feel vibrations in the air sense? That Mm. would be cool. Do we have any ability to, like, psychically find it? I don't think so. Hey, DM, how how worth it is it for us to invest time in finding these things? The things that you're talking about sound like they would be pretty powerful items. Hmm. Yeah, so my thought behind coming to research this enemy was not necessarily... I mean, in part it was so that we could devise a strategy, but it was mostly just so that we would know what to expect. Because as we all know, knowing is half the battle. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of like so we didn't get caught out of left field. I think if we go in knowing this thing is super strong, we can try the darkness thing. We know that we've got to be prepared. We've got to be on our A game. We've got to search our packs for all the items that might come in handy as we're on our way to the tower. And we've got to just roll with it and hope that we're able to kill it before it severely disrupts and or destroys our lives. I mean, it can, mm-hmm. do, it can leave us to several fates worse than death by the sounds of it. What if we entered the room where we think it is in pure darkness, and then we had our turns ordered in such a way where Aslo's first, and then everybody else's second, or third, or fourth, and then you put the darkness stone away, and then our turns are unimpeded by the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> then the enemy goes, and then we're screwed, but at least we get like <laughs> one turn on him. Or yeah, so. one, t- one solid turn. If we lop off one of the eye stalks in that one turn, then he only has five abilities. Now you're thinking. <laughs> what if I just go full were-rat and then just go ham? What if I just embrace <laughs> it just for this battle? I throw away the rest of my life. Well, but it becomes permanent. Yeah. It becomes permanent <laughs> if you embrace it, Chava. That's not worth right. us getting into the next part of the Sapphire Saber. Like, we can be bronzies for longer. I wish we'd known what the quest was before we spent all that money. Yeah. We should have picked a more underachieving member of the guild <laughs> than Drake. <laughs> I'm, I think he, it's probably hard to find an underachieving Mithra-level member of the guild, or Steel-level. I think we go back to the Drake. I don't think any... He's like our mentor or whatever guy now. They think there's nothing wrong with us going back to him and just saying, you know what, we just, we just don't have a strategy. We don't... Like, we thought that this would just be tough. Now that we've researched the beast a little bit, like we might even just die on this mission. Can you like give us some pointers, magical weapons that we could attract the enemy with or use? So let's, let's go back to the Drake. 
I think. Okay. I think we should talk to him and beg for mercy for him to change the mission. <laughs> Are you sure? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I mean, know that I have that little faith in us. I just think we're going to get like royally messed up in this battle. I think we're going to get like, <laughs> I think we're going to win, but we're going to like, it, there are going to be consequences. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not going to be that bad. <laughs> Just get royally messed up. Well, here's another another thought. But let, well, let's 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 head out. Let's get going. We'll talk about it on the way. But I was going to say, Shab, I think you got the right idea. What if it's the Shadow Stone plus your ability to break us out of being frozen? Yeah. What if we shadow Shaba and you're kind of our ace in the hole? If everybody else gets frozen, you can be like, ha, and you take off the dark stone and then you like unfreeze somebody. Yeah. Well, I know whether there's a, the paralyzed condition in that sense. Well, one of us would have to tell you. But you'd be paralyzed. If someone is affected by it, I will let you know. Okay. Hmm. All right. This spell is an action, so it's not like I have to cast it as a ritual or something. So I can I can use a turn up to unfreeze somebody. Is it touch? Is it range? It is touch, yes. Mm, it's touch. There is one other place we could go before we leave the city for a little bit of guidance. And that is, of course, to Holy Hallenheim's house. You want to go see Hallenheim? Why? That went terrible last time. Holy Hallenheim. Well, to put it bluntly, I've been praying every single night like a good little boy, and I'm still aware of it. Kavaki has done nothing <laughs> to alleviate my condition. And you guys know, I say my prayers every single night around the campfire or in my extra-dimensional room. That is true. You say it right in front of us. You even invite us into your prayers to join in with you. And I make you guys hold hands with me and sit there while I pray. <laughs> and you It involves lots of howling and beating <laughs> and your chest and, dancing and smashing around. your face against the ground multiple times. Lots of supplication and cr- weeping. And all kinds of stuff mm. like that. And you guys know it hasn't done any good. So I feel like Hallenheim's the only place to turn. I think we got to go Embastil. I think if Kavaki's mad at me for doing this, then so be it. Because he didn't do anything. I mean, what am I supposed mm-hmm. to do, right? Hmm. So you keep saying we, Shaba, but... Um from the way I'm looking at this situation, you're the only one in the party that needs to pledge themselves to Embastil. I don't know where you got the idea that we... We're going to pledge ourselves. Well, yeah, if you, if you want to break up the company, then sure. Then it's just me. Well, no, I see no, <laughs> I see nothing wrong with you becoming an Embastilian and pledging yourself. But uh, Aslo and I, don't. we don't need to do that. Well, the way I see it, it's less about pledging yourself to Embastil and more about pledging yourself to the causes of the church. Uh, so it's like if the church needs something, you go and do it. You're kind of like the... The muscle, the ambassadors, the thugs, whatever whatever light you want to paint them in, you're the people who go and do the <laughs> church's dirty work. So it doesn't necessarily mean you have to like spend your lifetime pledged to this other god, if that's not the way you feel. It's just, I will do stuff when you ask me to, is all that you're saying. So I'm okay with you joining this Paladin order, Shaba, <laughs> if gonna, you want I'm to. I'm going to take a few levels of Paladin. And you know what? While the AAA team holds strong, I'll even go with you, man. Okay? All right. You know, we're like pals and stuff, but uh, as far as Tokus pledging to this order, it's not happening. That's fair enough. I have to do it. Otherwise, I become a were-rat. So. <laughs> what do you think about all this, Aslo? This wee business? The whole, like, pledging myself to a church thing doesn't really do it for me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what was the deal again? It's if you pledge yourself, it's free? Is that the idea? It's free, and also you have to answer the call whenever the church wants you to 
do some task mm. for it. So, yeah, again, this is kind of how Shaba has rationalized it in his mind, is that he's not actually stabbing Kavaki in the shoulder, right? He's not giving up on his beliefs. He's not saying, like, I like this god better than you. He's just saying, I'm doing what I have to do. I'm going to add this to my pantheon of gods. No, not even that. He's, <laughs> I'm, doing what I, I'm doing what I have to do to get healed so that I can go on and live a happy, fruitful life for Kavaki. For the Ram god. And yeah. I mm. need to do something mm. else for this other church every once in a while. It doesn't even mean that I believe in the other god or anything like that. But of course, after I get healed, I don't know how I could possibly not believe in Embasteel. So yeah, that's the thing. Is like, aren't you going to see Embasteel like be an actual god? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we'll get we'll cross that bridge, <laughs> and then the Ramlord will be jealous, right? Because yeah. isn't the Ramlord a jealous uh, deity? Yeah. Well, then he he should do something. He should throw down a couple of lightning bolts or something. Well, what if we just like yeah. show up and like before you pledge, like before you shake hands with Hallenheim, there's like a rumble outside and then like <laughs> embasteel and kavaki like have this showdown this over your soul run outside the and there's like storms going on and like lightning bolts and <laughs> cyclones yeah we'll, we'll see if that happens i didn't know he i didn't know the ram lord liked you so much java well apparently he doesn't really care all that much so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. maybe for Shaba, this is like a, uh, you know what, let's just try it. It's probably not going to happen anyway because Embasteel isn't real, but, you know, whatever, I'll just try it. And then if it works. Yeah, but then you're pledged to this church to, like, help them with their cookie drives, <laughs> and you didn't even get cured of your were-ratism. Yeah, well, if I don't get cured, I'm, I'm not pledging myself. It's conditional, right? It's an exchange. There's a deal happening. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go see this lizard. All right. We go to the Holy Hall of Hallenheim's house. You arrive at the Ambastion. You once again explain yourselves to a nearby clergyman, and he leads you to the waiting area for Hallenheim. Several minutes later, the door opens up, and in walks Hallenheim. Holy Hallenheim! It's you! <laughs> I've reconsidered your offer, Hallenheim. That's why we're here. Ah, uh, it is you. You are the one who is cursed with lycanthropy. I am. Are you not? I am definitely cursed with it. And you have decided to join us then and serve under our call. Heck yeah. What, how long was it for again? A year? There wasn't any previous time. <laughs> oh, wow. By pledging yourself, then you'll be agreeing to make yourself available should the church call upon you. Yeah. All right. Sure. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> lifetime of being a were-rat or a lifetime of being their stooge seems to be the choice. <laughs> I think were-ratism is worse than a lot of other potential lifetimes I could have. So, <laughs> Plus, I know how to disappear in the wilderness, so if they ever want to call upon me and I can't be found, then, hey, what are you going to do, right? Yeah, and then you'll have this churchly order hunting you down <laughs> and bringing you to justice. Yeah. Uh, I'll start the next Inquisition, and it'll sure. be all just a bring you down <laughs> we're looking for shop yeah all right the rest of my life for for not being aware at i'm good i've come to grips with that reality <laughs> then if you are ready totes okay hellenheim slowly walks up to you i kneel i take one knee and bow my head he stands before you and says do you pledge yourself to hellenheim's holy order yep <laughs> yeah, dude. You know it, brother. <laughs> Sorry, did I say Hallenheim's holy order? I yeah. didn't mean to say that. Ember Steel's holy order. <laughs> I'll, I'll pledge myself to whatever order gets me over this. <laughs> so, do you pledge yourself to Ember Steel's holy order? Heck yeah. 
Valentine, yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) He places one of his scaly hands on your head. I try not to cringe. (laughs) Is it cold? Yeah. (laughs) You've got a pebbly head anyway, so I'm not sure you're one to talk here. So he tries not to cringe. He's probably like, ooh, why do I have to touch this dude? (laughs) (laughs) Then, in the name of Mvestiu, be healed. And as he says that, you can feel this lightness and power flowing through you. Whoa! You're not sure exactly what just happened, but you feel good. Does radiant light shoot out from his fingertips? <laughs> like your eyeballs become like headlights? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's nothing so dramatic as that. I stand mm. up and scream toward the sky. Kavoktoberfest is back in session! Ah! <laughs> I mean, Embasteel. I'm down with Embasteel. What kind of holidays does Embasteel have? We should have asked that before you pledged yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to observe a lot more religious holidays now, I'm sure. Embasteel has the regular feast days for points in the season, like harvest and planting time and all that stuff. They also have a few specific holidays dedicated to remembrance of ancient wars and battles and specific heroes. I'm good with that. Do you have to, like, slay things in remembrance of the wars? (laughs) I like that. They don't celebrate any of the holidays that way. You have to start a war to remember the war. <laughs> yeah. Every every follower of Embasteel has to start a war <laughs> just on that day. Well, I could see Shaba joining an Embastelian reenactment group. I could be a, an asset to a, a group like that. Also, they've got uh, Embus Giving and Embusmas <laughs> as holidays. But then how do you celebrate both that and Goatsmas at the same time? Ooh, that's a tough <sighs> one. It's tough. Are they on the same day? It's kind of like going back and forth between your uh, your two different um, yeah your divorced parents', parents house. houses. You have to celebrate each one in turn. Your parents and your parents in law. Oh yeah, that too. Sorry, I, I, went, <laughs> I went to a darker place than Brian was. If you're married, you have to go to your families and your wife's and, or your spouse's yeah, families. Uh, so. <laughs> so uh, yeah, then you got to do the like Fred Flintstone thing where you run back and forth really quick. Right. Yeah, so I think you just kind of do both, but at different times. Mm-hmm. Hallenheim, I gotta say, I'm gonna hug you right now, so brace yourself. <laughs> he welcomes you with arms wide open. All right, I give him a nice tight squeeze. Say thank you, you are a, you're a fine, fine representative of Ember Steel on this earth. I almost thought you were going to say a fine, fine reptile. <laughs> a reptilian. <laughs> a reptilian representative of Ember Steel's holy house. And remember that you are now as well. Oh, awesome. And then he takes out a brand and brands you. <laughs> Your forehead. <laughs> yeah, right in the forehead. Is this a big E? Just a giant H. <laughs> oh, yeah, imbecile. Uh, e. It would be an E. <laughs> you know, he brings his property of Allenheim, just like searing into my forehead. Wait a second. <laughs> what did I sign up for? He's like, I am imbecile. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> that probably doesn't happen But in Tokus's <laughs> mind, it happens <laughs> It definitely does so You are free to continue your journeys And do whatever else you are going to do And should the church have need of you We will call upon you Sounds good I got a whole new lease on life I come bouncing up to you and say Shaba, Shaba, how do you feel? 
I feel like a new Goliath. So I hold this delicious piece of cheese under your nose, taunting you with it. Like, don't you want to eat this piece of cheese, Shava? Don't you want? Don't you want to eat this cheese? Huh? Don't you want this cheese? Huh? Huh? I cheese? snatch it out of your hand, and then I shove it in my gullet, and I chew it and swallow it down. I'm like, that's good cheese. I like cheese. You, you feel fine? Like you don't? Yeah. You don't feel like murdering people, or that was just me being hungry. I haven't eaten all day. Oh. oh, oh, all right, good. Then your your wearedism is probably cured. Yeah, I don't feel the slightest desire to eat you like I have over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, well, that must be a lot off your shoulders. Oh, that's news to me. <laughs> you both, the two of you, don't both look like gigantic chicken legs anymore. <laughs> oh man, this is great. Just think, what if we just pledged ourselves in the first place? Well, we're about to march to our deaths at the hands of this beholder anyway, so... Right, where we'll wish you were still able to turn into a were-rat to at least save everybody else in the party. (laughs) Right. So, I don't see as it makes a whole lot of difference. Speaking of that beholder, let's go kill us a beholder. Let's do it. Mm. And get some sweet magic items. Mm. Hopefully. Mm. As the ancient tomes have foretold, more or less... The Damage Guild Podcast. Hey guys, it's me, Sean Abrams, a.k.a. Tokus Alton. As you may well know, but I am happy to bring back to your attention, the Damage Guild is a pretty sociable group. We're on the face tomes, uh, the Instagrams, the tweeters, the disc cables, twitches, and U-test tubes. You can get all those links to our various handles around the internet or your own personal invitation to our Discord channel via our main webpage. That's www.thedamageguild.com. And click on the tab at the top that says Social. Now, I've been pulling all sorts of updates and clips and whatnot through these avenues to help keep you informed, happy, and mentally healthy throughout these recent months. And I hope you've liked them. And I get to serve uniquely as the captain of this topsy-turvy ship that is the social meteors. Uh, But rest assured, the DGP will continue to weather this storm, this sea of opinions and whistleblowing, and emerge unscathed on the other rainless, sunshiny side. And we hope that all of you will join us and bask in the sun of that hopeful future. It's coming. We know it is. And the Ramlord Kavaki knows that it is too. So stay hopeful and stay thirsty, my compadres. Thirsty for some more Damage Guild action. Now, back to the adventure. You are listening to the Damage Guild podcast. Do we have everything we need for this voyage? Hmm. Does anybody have rope? Yes. Okay. All right, we're good. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I got a crowbar, some fishing tackle, a grappling hook, a leather worker's tools, a lucky rabbit's foot, mason's tools, one sheet of parchment, a ten-foot pole, a puzzle box, 50 feet of rope, a shovel, a tent, a tinderbox, a water skin, my armor, my sword, my bow, a bunch of arrows, the boots of Kamir, and a piece of chalk. Mm, that's it. <laughs> that piece of chalk is going to set you off on your encumbrance level there. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Gosh, speaking of encumbrance, man, so annoying in New Vegas. I always get so loaded up with stuff that I can't 
care. I can't run anymore and can't fast travel. Oh, yeah. Constant problem in RPGs. Man, I killed the entire Legion, and, like, all their armor was <laughs> <laughs> weighed, like, 800 pounds or something. Uh, <laughs> it was the worst. In those kind of games, I eventually just go, like, the, the weight to gold ratio. Yeah. Eventually, it's like, if it's not literally 10 times worth its weight in gold, then I just leave it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. What about, didn't, last time didn't we buy um, healing potions as just in case? Oh, healing potions. I don't have any on my character sheet, but that's a good idea. I don't think you've ever actually bought them. Oh, guys. What? I have the potion of growth. Ooh. This would be a great battle to use that one for. It would. To growth uh, stripey? Yeah, that'd be sweet. I get my free arrows from the guild also before we go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do we have enough to buy healing potions? What is our discount? You don't get a discount until next rank. At the uh, moment, it's 50 gold <laughs> per potion. If Once you get to iron, it'll be 30 gold. Wow. Dang, Blast. dude. That's a st- very steep discount. And you can only get one potion each per month. Man. Well, I can only afford one potion anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's like half my net worth, just to buy a healing potion. I think we'll have to wait till we get that discount, guys. Yeah, I think so. For now, we'll just have to use our healing spells. I don't know. Maybe... Maybe we should buy one. Do we have any party gold, or we could all chip in for one potion? No party gold. We already split it up. I have four first-level spell slots now, but for some reason, I um, got rid of cure wounds. Why did I do that? Oh, yeah, we talked about it on the bonus episode, which you can hear if you go to (laughs) patreon.com slash damage guild and become a patron. Just saying. Wait, you got rid of that? Yeah, I, I changed it out for lesser restoration and spike growth. Oh, man. I thought you got rid of something else. No, I got rid of... I was going to get rid of uh, Speak With Animals, but then I was... I believe one of you guys convinced me not to. Huh. Yeah, at least that's what my character sheet says. Hunter's Mark and Speak With Animals for first level, and then Lesser Restoration and Spike Growth for second level. Which, by the way, Spike Growth... uh, I don't think this is useful in this combat since it doesn't touch the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably not. Uh, That is a sweet spell, though. Yeah. I'm going to buy a healing potion. Oh, wow. Yeah? Yes. Wow. So I will hand over five platinum pieces. Yep. Big spender. Wow, that's the real deal. All right, definitely don't forget to write that down. I don't. So you go up and meet the guild store clerk for the first time. You've never had anything to actually buy from them before. The woman named Elmatest. Elmatest. She's the the shopkeep? She's the quartermaster. Hmm. So she runs the item distribution. Okay. And now I have a healing potion. Okay. I think I'm ready if you guys are. I'm ready. I'm just reading up on the enlargement spell. Stripey can drink this potion, right? Yeah, he might not want to, but you could force him to. You guys are going to enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll gladly force feed it to him. <laughs> All right. I think we head out for the wizard's tower. Let's do it. You gather up your mounts and your gear and leave town. Just as Eldrak said, you head north following the coastline. There is not any particularly well-defined road along this path. The coast here isn't really ideal for travel due to having lots of rocky shores interspersed with sand and not a good place to walk. So the roads head away from the shoreline for a while before they actually start heading north. That's a shame. I was going to wear my white billowy clothes and ride Taylor across the beach without a saddle. I thought that would be an epic shot, but I guess that's not to be. 
Another time, perhaps. Okay. Well, you're still riding across the beach because it's the shortest way there. <laughs> oh, that's not bad. That's pretty cool. We ride so that we're like just in where the water's lapping up on the shore to get that epic splashing effect. Definitely we do. We do that in slow motion, too. Yeah. Tokus is riding Petunia, his donkey. <laughs> <laughs> it's really epic. <laughs> I like. I like. Look. I, I do one of these where I'm just like, I'm so cool right now. But like, then you look down at Petunia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's like a close up of each of us. So we're all like galloping yeah, across the beach, and then it just pans out and takes on his donkey. <laughs> <laughs> And then Ralph running behind with his tongue, like, flapping yeah. in the wind. <laughs> Jowls just, like, wriggling. Like those the super slow motion videos that people do of them jumping with their faces, like, yeah. flapping. <laughs> Tokus's wig uh, just flying halfway off his head. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, brrr, like, flapping in the breeze. So you travel for many miles, and eventually, as it's getting close to evening, you see the tower standing atop a small hill overlooking the bay. It almost looks like a lighthouse the way that it's positioned, albeit one in rather poor shape, and a few Mm. large trees and bushes grow around the outside. So you're still seeing it off in the distance here. Yeah, I think at this point we maybe proceed with caution, because they said uh, that the beholder might be just somewhere in the area, right? Yeah, this tower is where it's most likely hiding. All right, yeah, we just, uh, I would say at this point we go with weapons drawn. Mm -hmm. So you continue riding up to the tower, slower and more carefully, and eventually you ride right up to the front door. The stone structure of the tower shows signs of weathering, and perhaps a bit more than that, as several blocks of stone lie on the ground half covered in grass and dirt. Two vicious-looking gargoyle statues flank the door, but one of them has been broken at the neck, the head lying nearby in the grass. Vines grow halfway up the southern face of the tower, where they appear to enter in through a hole broken in the wall. That's all you can see. There are no other windows on this tower, as far as you can tell, and it seems to be extremely tall, probably like 250 feet. Wow. Whoa. Good night. What should we do, Tokus? You're the leader of the group. Let's... Well, who said that? Wait, what? <laughs> I might be, like, our battle leader, but I'm not our leader leader, Shaba. Well, you're our battle leader. For example, when it comes to cooking meals, like, you're the leader when it comes to that. That's true. That's when it, true, co- when so. it comes to being stingy and making business decisions, Aslo is the leader. And when it comes to leading in the tunnels, or the dungeons, or the places where combat is going to occur, Tokus, you you are the leader okay well let's make camp a little ways away from we are standing right in front of the tower okay, right let's now. let's back up some <laughs> let's back up <laughs> let's back up <laughs> so let's make camp because uh we got some stuff we got to do like a short rest you mean like a short rest why do we need a short rest we just rested yeah, last Shabba, night just <laughs> hear me out just calm down all right it is getting to evening so you might want to rest before you enter anyway. Just go in in the morning. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, let's uh. let's rest, rest. Within sight of the tower, but maybe some trees or something. I don't know, Shaba, you're good at finding camps. Yeah, we'll rest within earshot of the tower. Earshot and eye shot, but not smell shot. Yeah. <laughs> you set up camp behind a couple of large rocks by the shore? Yeah, we want to be in earshot, Perfect. but not eye shot, because that thing has a lot of eyes. Mm. <laughs> it might have more eyes than we have combined. It does. It has six, and we only have eight. So. 
<laughs> well, it has six eye stalks, but doesn't it also have eyes or an eye on its face? Uh, yes. So it technically has seven eyes. Totally. <laughs> so it has almost as many eyes as we do. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I don't enjoy those odds. So you set up camp. Mm-hmm. And you set your normal watches. The night passes. The sound of the ocean. And you wake up. Seagulls squawking noisily. I love that sound. Okay, while we're still resting, I'd like to use my alchemist ability to tinker with the healing potion and make it super awesome. <laughs> to tinker with it? Well, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna tweak the brew to make it super powerful. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh. so you enhance the potion. Sweet. Nice. Dude, you did it. Shaba, we're going into this fight and we have no ace in the hole, right? We can't just have you turn to a where we're at and win. No, unfortunately. So we need to pull out all our stops. We do. I agree. By the way, that potion you bought yesterday looks really strong. <laughs> Thank you. I, uh, I kind of added a little something extra, a little extra kick to it. All right. Got a couple extra muscles in there. Was it a dash of paprika, perhaps? <laughs> Just a little bit of spice. Mm-hmm. Shaba, I need to ask you a favor. Okay. And you may not like this. Especially since you just pledged yourself to Embasteel and you're like more holy and stuff, but... Okay, well then my answer um, is no. But you can ask anyway. I need the crystal. Uh, okay. I thought you already had it. No, we, we put it back... <laughs> but we, we put we it put back, it back in, there. in the case. Yeah. Okay. Okay, sure. Here you go. Which means it hasn't been recharging. Correct. How many charges did you spend from it last time? Uh, I think I spent two. Okay, that's what I thought. Didn't I do the charge up a spell thing? Yeah, by the way, the growth potion lasts for 1d4 hours, so it will be safe to give it to Stripey before we go in. Is he going to be able to, like, move around in there if he's huge? He's only going to be about as big as you are. It'll increase his size by one category, which I think his size category is small, so he'll become medium. Yeah. So it's basically d4 extra damage when they attack, which now, since I'm 5th level, Stripey can attack twice a turn, potentially. Mm -hmm. As long as you see what he's attacking. As long as we can make eye contact. We have so many abilities that have to do with us being able to see like Aslo's <laughs> sword slinging, yeah. my spell casting, your shooting. Maybe this whole darkness does not really lend itself to our fighting style. <laughs> well, drink up, little guy. Let's do this. <laughs> Alright. You guys ready otherwise? Anything else we need to prepare before we go in? I don't think so. Tokus, your brew will last about an hour, right? Yep, we got an hour to do this. Okay. All right. Uh, does anybody have pythons? Because the, if there are no trees, okay. If there's no trees around, we need to tether the our faithful steeds to the rocks. I said there were a few trees around the tower. They were probably planted there long, long ago and have grown into these massive trees. Okay, so they don't have to eat sand all day. They can. There's some grass that they can eat. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, on the hill. All right, so we take them back up and tether them to a, one of the big trees and let them have at a grassy area while we go in. Guys, I say one last goodbye to Taylor just in case. Taylor, you've been a fine, fine steed. I've really enjoyed yeah. letting you carry me across large distances. <laughs> uh, if we don't come back, then eat all the grass that's here, and then best of luck to you after that, because <laughs> there are no contingencies. <laughs> I bet that she would eat through the rope. Yeah, if we don't come back by nightfall, eat through the rope and be free. <laughs> I release you from my service. <laughs> Conditioned on you not returning. Yes. If we're not back in 12 hours, you're free. Ralph, if we're not back here in 12 hours, you can eat the other two. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you permission. Especially Petunia. Because <laughs> you've already eaten Petunia sort of before. 
parts of her. And she still got those scars. <laughs> no, that's not canon, is it? That's that's no. awful. No, no, it's definitely not canon. Um, well, I feel like it, we're we're marching to our deaths, but I guess we got to do what we got to do. Has to happen. Stripey, what do you say about eating this green potion here? What do you think? Huh? Let's say I just didn't give him water last night at dinner, so he's really thirsty. Here you go, boy. Drink up. <laughs> okay. Because it says that if the target of the spell is unwilling, they can make a con save, and if they succeed, then the spell has no effect. Ooh, that's not good. Well, I don't think that works for the potions. Those automatically take effect. Okay. Well, here you go, little stripe stripe. It's time for you to get big. So you coax Stripey into drinking the potion. Mm-hmm. And a few seconds pass, and then he suddenly starts to squirm a little bit and enlarges into this five-foot-long giant badger. Ooh, wow. Mm. Wow. That is a large, large badger. <laughs> Dang, dude. It's a large, medium badger. Ooh, you're a big boy, Stripey. Good thing you're on our side, Stripey, or I'd be worried about you eating us. <laughs> yeah, right? 1d4 hours? D4 hours, yep. So, when we approached the tower, you said that there's vines going up one side into a hole partway up the tower, and then there's front doors, I'm guessing? Yep. What do the doors look like? It's an old wooden door. has iron bands going across it. The iron is severely rusted, and the door looks like it's swollen due to the sea air here. I'd like to inspect the vines, too. How far did they go up the side of the tower? About halfway, like 120 to 150 feet. Oh, wow. All right. Everybody ready to climb? I'm going to take a shortcut. <laughs> Not so much. This is how it works in Legend of Zelda. Therefore, it works in real life. Hmm. In real d and Can Stripey climb that? Nah. No, dude. <laughs> He'll have to walk. If we had him drink the potion after we climbed the vine, maybe. Like, he could have been in Shabba's pack. He could have brought it in, yeah. Oh, well. Too late. He'll have to walk. We'll just climb. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the door. Remember, guys, there could be traps in here. Aw, man. Even though this place has been searched top to bottom, there could still be active traps that have reset themselves. I put my trap vision goggles on. Good. Which of us is good at seeking out traps? Uh, none of us. Probably. Yeah, probably none of us. This is a deficiency in the AAA team that we've discussed previously. Shaba looks to be the best with perception. Ha-ha! <laughs> Got plus four. I perceive the door before we approach. Ooh, I rolled a 17. That is a 20... Oh, I've got a plus 5 or now on perception. Five, yeah. That is a 22. So you search the door. You don't see any traps, and it appears to be unlocked, but swollen enough that it'll take some significant force to open. Well, guys, no traps on the door. We're clear to proceed. Sweet. Go ahead, Tokus. Let's use significant force to open this door. I, we do. Tokus, please, if you please, use some significant force. I will strength check the door. With my fist. <laughs> okay, that's not so good. Uh, that's a seven. So pounding on the door avails you nothing. Just make loud noises. All right, Aslo, your turn. Wait, have we tried the doorknob yet? Uh, no. But it is unlocked and it's just swollen, so. Oh, I see. We know it's not the doorknob. Okay, well, I tried the doorknob anyway. Okay, we'll roll a strength check. My speciality is a bard. Ooh. That would be a 10. Yeah. You still don't get it open with that. I got a 16. All right. On his first try, Shaba goes up and yanks the door wide open. It gives a loud squeak of, you know, that wood sliding against the stone. Ooh. And 
You find yourselves in the entryway, which was probably once an impressive sight. The vaulted ceiling stretches up nearly 30 feet, and a chandelier hangs from the center. Now, however, the room is strewn with dust and debris, and the chandelier tilts oddly, battered and bent. Here and there, small weeds and roots poke through the cracks in the floor. Anything that might have once been in this room has long since been looted. The room seems to occupy essentially the entire span of the tower, except for a small section closed off by a door to your right. An open arch at the far end leads to a staircase winding up to the left and down to the right. I forget, did you say whether this is a circular tower or a square tower? Uh, It's a circular tower. Okay. The room that you're in is roughly 80 feet across. Why don't we check the room? Good idea. Check the room. There's nothing in the room except for the one door. So you open the door? Yes. The door opens up to a small coat room, and you cough from the heavy dust that stirs into the air as soon as you open the door. (laughs) (laughs) I hang my coat in the room. (laughs) Aside from the dust and Shabo's coat, the room is empty. (laughs) Well guys, should we go in the basement? I take out the broom and sweep the floor Ah, that's a good idea Make it nice and clean for our deaths Uh, Should we check the basement (laughs) first Since it seems like there's a lot longer way up than down That's a good point I guess I was assuming that it would be at the top of the tower But maybe it's right below our feet Yeah Well, it floats, right? Mm -hmm. The thing, yeah Doesn't need stairs That's true yeah, let's check the basement. Uh, actually, before we leave the closet, I check for a hidden passageway to a magical land of talking animals behind the coats. It's just a closet, not a wardrobe. Oh, man. Okay. All right, we go to the basement. <laughs> <laughs> the cellar has a low ceiling, at least lower than the room that you were just in, and a dirt floor. The remains of shelves hang haphazardly from the walls or lie in rotting piles on the floor. Roots have broken through the walls in several places, knocking out the stone blocks and revealing the damp earth behind. Centipedes, spiders, and other vermin scurry away from your light and noise. At the far end of the room, hovering in the air, you see four large, somewhat spherical, yellowish-green things, each sprouting several long stalks from the top. One of them slowly turns as your light touches it, and you can just catch a glint of reflected light off of what appears to be a single large central eye. I start crying. Okay. And fall on the ground. (laughs) The darkness stone. Aslo, quick, the stone. The stone. No, but we weren't. I I, I thought we decided not to use the darkness stone. (laughs) I don't know. I'm panicking. I don't remember what we decided. Didn't we have a plan? (laughs) I thought we we were going to darkness Shaba. I thought it was going to be at the top of the tower. All right, since you're all... You're all trying to do something now. Roll for initiative. Okay. And we'll see who gets to actually <laughs> act. Oh, no. Crap, I rolled terribly. Jokus is on an 11. Shaba is on a 5. You do have advantage. Oh, that's right. I have advantage. I'm a ranger, guys. Guys, I'm a ranger. I'm a 5th level <laughs> ranger in D&D. Uh, that makes it better. That's a 12. Now, on the D20, I rolled a 1, which would be bad. But you're a half. I thought you're lucky. Does this count as a lucky kind of roll? I thought you can use lucky for anyone. Yeah. Yeah, it's any d20 roll, right? Okay. Initiative is just an ability check. Okay. AJ, nothing but a number, as well. 13. And Stripey? Oh, Stripey rolled really well, actually. An 18. All right. Stripey is the first one to react while you're all trying to figure out whether you're going to pull the darkness stone out or not. <laughs> he goes, Yarg, matey! 
because he's been taking lessons from Captain Clapton in his spare time. And he runs across the floor and takes a swipe at the monster. He's going to try to claw it with his big, big claws. And that's a 16 to hit. That hits. All right. He now does more damage than he used to because he's big. 14 damage. Good job, Stripe Stripes. With a single swipe of his claw, he slashes at the creature, and there's a loud popping sound as the being explodes in this cloud of filthy, disgusting spores and mold oh, and everything. God. What? All over. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Uh, Either we won or that wasn't it. We won really easily. <laughs> Stripey one-shotted it. <laughs> Stripey needs to make a con save. Ooh. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Poor Stripe. Stripe, Stripe. That, oh, I think he, he did pretty well on that. Uh, 16. Okay. No ill effects there, but these spores are spreading throughout that whole end of the room. Oh, no, Stripey, come back. Run. Run away. Are we out of initiative? Uh, guys. There are still three others of these things. Oh, okay. I thought I was thinking, like, in the dark, my imagination went to, like, an eye with a bunch of stalks coming out. So. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, we're still on initiative. But good job, Stripey. <laughs> and he moved too far to also move back towards you. Okay. How much damage did he deal, Shaba? Do you know? Fourteen. Whatever it was, the thing basically seemed to pop like a balloon when it was hit. Hmm. Aslo? should take out your darts. I'll just uh, I'll just shoot a crossbow bolt at one of them. It's like a big dart. Yeah. That would be another natural one. So right. I'm going to reroll that one as well. You're not going to be very lucky, though, when we fight the big one. No. That would be a 23 to hit for 11 damage. You pop another one of these strange balloons. Sweet. Wow. <laughs> it explodes and yet more spores. So, Stripey, make another save. Oh, no. Oh, no, Stripey. <laughs> no, Stripey. All right. Uh, it's a 16. You're getting the idea that whatever is happening in there is probably not a good thing to leave Stripey in. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And to have keep on exploding all around him. Yeah. But it's now Shaba's turn. Well, I'm going to pull out my bow and take a shot at one of the living ones, and uh, there's no way I can get Stripey out, because he can attack when I attack, but he can't move, so he can't actually get out of there until his turn. You could delay your turn, right? I was going to have him attack and then run back, so he'll take one more burst. Mm. By the way, when he when we do our little in-sync thing, can I have him attack first, or does that matter? No, he has to attack when I attack. He attacks what you attack, doesn't he? The same target? No, it's just when I attack. Yeah, reactions happen after the action that triggers them. Yeah. Although I have rolled a check for you, and you realize, Shaba, that these things are just basically unintelligent balls of mold. So they can't actually move or get to us? It looks like they might be able to move towards you, but as long as you leave them alone, they're probably not actually going to be able to do anything. Oh, okay. So they're just kind of floating there, and they haven't really reacted to you doing anything. These other explosions, they just kind of get blown back by the pressure. Okay. Guys, I think we're a little jumpy. (laughs) (laughs) What? I turn towards you and shoot you with a crossbow bolt. (laughs) Oh, no, wait, no, everybody. We all just start shooting each other. Tokus fire bolts me in the face. (laughs) We're our own worst enemies. What What if this is one of the traps that the Drake was talking about? Yeah, uh, everybody calm down. 
Let's take a deep breath. But let's not take a deep breath. I don't want to breathe this stuff in. <laughs> yeah, let's not take a deep breath. Everybody hold their breath. But I'm freaking out over here, man. I don't know if I, I can know. do it. I'm so jealous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right, let's not waste any more time down here. Let's go. Okay, I lower my weapon. So I call Stripey back. You decide you've had enough of popping balloons and... <laughs> yes. That was fun, though. The two that are left do slowly start to drift towards Stripey before you head out. Well, if they're going to follow us upstairs, then we should have just destroyed the last two. So we're staying in initiative. No, we'll drop out of initiative. You get Stripey back there while those things are still far enough away that you think you're pretty safe from the explosion. You can just shoot them. Just take them down. Okay. okay. Yeah. They're not hard to hit. So we'll, we'll, we'll do some target practice. Yeah. Perfect. Just to get our confidence up. <laughs> Artificially. <laughs> so Tokus shoots off a couple fire bolts at him. Now the whole cellar is just full of these spores. Ugh. Gross. Let's <laughs> go, guys. Well, I guess we're not exploring down here. Yeah, let's get out of here. I'm not sure there was a whole lot more down here besides them. All right. We go back upstairs and we go upstairs again. On the second floor, in contrast to the lower chambers, this room seems to still be in decent condition. Checkered black and white tiles cover the floor, although several of them are cracked along the most direct path between you and the arch opposite you. The pathway is flanked by six large pedestals, atop of which stand suits of plate armor, positioned so that their swords are crossed overhead, Mm, with their arms held out above them. Hooks on the walls and ceiling hint at tapestries or paintings that must have once hung there, but it looks like anything else that was here is now gone. Guys, if there's anything I know about D&D, it's that statues never come to life, and they are always just metal or stone. Mm-hmm. Right, and they're never rigged to be some sort of trap that drops the weapons on you. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Nothing like that. So, I say we just walk boldly straight through. Uh, Shaba, can you, uh, percept? I can. This room, please. I think we can all percept. Um, Stripey's going to percept, too, because he's really good at perception. I also percept. Stripey got a 16. I got an 18. Uh, Tokus gets a 17. And a 6. As far as you can tell, they just appear to be standard suits of armor holding swords. So you said they're like suits on a rack. They're not actually statues underneath suits of armor. They're just suits that are... Like, on display racks. Actually, looking inside, like, the helmets and the gaps and things, you don't see any rack supporting them, interestingly. Uh, let's knock them over. Okay. Hey, I kicked the leg out of one of them. Yeah, I kicked the face out of one of them. (laughs) I'll just kick one right in the chest or the shoulder. Uh, They're on pedestals that are several feet off the ground. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Shaba jumps up and then does a drop kick. Okay, so you try to topple a couple of them? Yeah. Two closest ones, I guess. That'll be really loud, though, if we topple a suit of armor. Yeah, definitely. That's okay, though. I'm not worried about it. I'll, I'll make a lasso and then just... Oh, I could lightning lure. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. And then just yank Pull it off down. the... All right, so Tokus gets out his lure and just wraps it around the chest plate, I guess, and pulls it down. How many of these suits are there, did you say? Six. Six. Six, Okay. So you wrap your whip around it and yank it towards you. As soon as you do, all of the other suits of armor drop their swords, which fall, and the suits themselves then follow, jumping down onto the stone tiles and move towards you. What? Whoa. Oh, boy. That's a lot of suits. Roll for initiative. Initiative. 